The following podcast may contain language and subject matter not suitable for all ages or everyone. If you don't like what you're listening to, please press stop. In this episode of the Chang Waller Podcast. Yeah, yeah it just was, it, I didn't have enough time to think about it because they contacted me so quick. And after the interview, they were like, do you want it or not? And, and then when a, I was like, yeah, they were like, all right, we'll fly over next week. It's right? a fucking great deal, too, because you... you was- Dong Hyun Kim got the knockout of the year with a spinning elbow. Yeah. It was in a match in Singapore, I think, right? Or was it Singapore? I think it was Singapore. He got a spinning elbow, which was the knockout of the year. Here's my experience with Korean healthcare. Everything's cheap, but nurses. You're 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 tuned in to the Chang Waner, the social media podcast for Changwon City, South Korea, with your hosts Scott, D, and Paul. Well, welcome to another episode of the Changwaner podcast. Once again, I'm Scott. And joining me as always is D. D, Hi. how's it going? Not bad, Chingus. How you doing? And Paul. Paul, how's things? Always good, mate. Always good. And tonight we're joined by a former Changwaner, which we brought up last time, and now a Changwaner again, the kid. Oh, God. Brucey B, also known as Bruce Barber. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Bruce. Bruce, how's it going tonight? It's going good, man. How are you doing? So before we kick things off and get into uh, putting Bruce on the uh, on the stand, let's do a ceremonial cling of the glasses. Cheers, guys. Gumbay, guys. Gumbay. What was the lesson? Jingle, jingle. Jingle, jangle. Jingle, jangle. Jingle, jangle. Dear me, dear me. Pleasure to be here. So, Bruce, this is is this your what? What is it? The third or fourth time you've been to Korea? The return. The return. The return. Oh, the third return, return, dude. It's been. Uh, it could literally probably almost be the fifth or sixth return. <laughs> Coming and going. Coming so, and going. Uh, Revolving door of Korea. Yeah. When was the first time you came to Korea? Do you remember roughly? Yeah, first time I came to Korea was in uh, 2003. 2003? Yeah, 2003, around that time, yeah. Was it summertime? It was April 29th. Yeah. 2003. Like, I think, was the first time I met you at the lake? It, uh, you. Oh, yeah. The first oh, time man, I first met Bruce was at the, uh, the old reservoir. <laughs> 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 at the lake, yeah. <laughs> the old so reservoir. Behind, behind, the old reservoir. You were sitting at home. Right, that was a nice place. By the way, it's now a train station. It's now right? a train station. Yeah, KTX station. Oh, is this the one by Chengwon Uni? Yeah, it had a lovely temple right there. It still has. It still does. Yeah, but, it's still there. But now there's just a huge KTX station, yeah. which I guess they've got to have. But yeah, it's a shame they had to get rid of the lake, right? Yeah. So yeah. before we get into why you came here, where are you from? I'm from Gander, Newfoundland, Canada. Gander, Newfoundland, Canada. Yeah. What's island. there to do there in Gander? In Gander? Yeah. You should ask Paul that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul, what's there to ask do Paul, there? That'd be a better answer. Well, I'll tell you this: the boys, the boys, you know, Bruce and Luke, two of my best friends. Uh. Uh, they invited me over there. It was around about Christmas, right? Yeah. It was and Christmas. we'd been traveling and everything, and they said, "Oh, come on, Paul, you've, you've got to come over and visit." And 
you know, I was promised snow doing and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Skidooing. Skidooing, whatever <laughs> it is. You know? Snow doing. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm British. Yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome, though. I got there, but unfortunately, they'd had like one of the lowest snow snowfalls. There was like a, no snow yeah, at that time. Right? It was cold. It was barren. Yeah. It was like the Arctic tundra at that point. <laughs> but you know what? It reminded me of the coastlines of Ireland. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. So what does right. the temperature get down to usually? In winter, man, it can get down to definitely minus 20, 25 with wind chill too. That's Celsius. Sometimes it, yeah, yeah, Celsius. Okay. Sometimes yeah. It, I keep having trouble with the Fahrenheit, man. Well, I, don't, I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah. But it, Some dude told me you just literally half it and then minus 15. I don't know if that works. But so I don't know. Yeah, see, I can... Above zero, it's I I can figure that out. Seventy degrees. So wait a minute. Half a seventy. It's the half a seventy is thirty-five. Thirty-five minus fifteen is ten. So you take you take twenty. (laughs) Say ten ten degrees Celsius. Ten degrees. Ten degrees is easily figured out. Ten degrees is fifty degrees Fahrenheit. You just take right on basically. Ten times one point eight plus thirty-two. Okay. So. <laughs> Your method's really much more difficult, I think. But it's, uh, I mean, that's like, sort of like is that right? 50 degrees, 10 that's degrees, spot yeah, spot on at 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 10 degrees Celsius. But under, under zero, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. Under zero, I think it gets It's shady. a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit more, more tricky. Anyways, it gets crazy cold, and we usually get tons of snow, and the wind chills usually super cold as well. Yeah. But when Paul got there, it was... Uh, it was cold, but it wasn't. Uh, it was actually a little bit mild, but it wasn't. There wasn't a lot of snow, which was disappointing because yeah, the snow was wicked. But it was awesome, though. I mean, the yeah. people, like people, you know, talk about people, but the people, as soon as you meet them, you know, like they're they're fantastic. You know what I mean? Lovely. Yeah, lovely you just people. got a connection lovely, with some people. Yeah, lovely people, right? Yeah. So you asked what to do in Gander. What yeah. there is to do in Gander. In yeah. Gander, basically, you kind of go to work or whatever, and then when you get home, you go to your buddy's shed. Play with their balls, and then you drink a bunch of beer in the shed. <laughs> and after the shed, you go home, or if you you might go play rec hockey, and then after rec hockey, you drink a bunch of beer in the dressing room, and then you go home. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty much Korea without <laughs> without the hockey, without the lights, without the bright lights, <laughs> the wind chill, and the wind chill. <laughs> I know, I know what it's like to do. Oh, Scott, yeah, Scott came. I'm from Newfoundland too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Originally, yeah. and my parents think? live, uh, I'd say about f- maybe four hours from four hours from Gander, yeah, from Gander. But uh, what was your impression? Because you you came and visited uh, about six months ago. Yeah, last Christmas I came and visited Bruce. I've been to Gander before, but uh, uh, you know, I went to Legends. We went to Legends the first night, which is uh, that really sounds like Paul's it's favorite, full of legends. Paul's favorite word. <laughs> Legends, is, though, this, is this like the kind of bar where I'd walk in and everybody would like the, the music would go and everybody look at me because they're like you're not from this place not, and not everybody that. has a big beard and like big bushy lots of big beards but not that kind of place not, you'd walk yeah, in and there'd be like what 19 20 year olds hanging out with 45 year olds it's a it's, it's a hotel too right just chilling hotel yeah it's a hotel so they do occasionally get outsiders oh okay so maybe not so much there. I'm thinking of like a a a, a bar or You're something like that in a, in a movie like Wolverine or something like that. Walk what Comfort You're Girls, of Comfort Cove, oh, Comfort or Bonavista <laughs> Bay, or like Wesleyville. That's oh, when right. you get that look. You're talking about <laughs> Newfoundland's like the east coast of Canada for yeah. those not from Newfoundland, and 
But uh, we also went to the clubhouse. Oh, yeah, the resident biker biker clubhouse. Right. The disciples clubhouse. The, the disciples, which was quite fun. That's a good laugh. We spent some time in St. John's where my parents had a place, too. So uh, we met in St. John's, actually. And uh, I think Kate was there, correct? Kate was there, yeah. Kate and Blender. Kate and Blender. And, what a uh, great name, Blender. <laughs> We went. We actually did a little hike around on the the day before I left. Not like a mountain hike, but we went around uh, where that plane crash was. Oh, and went around and walked uh, around the lake. Saw the witness. Yeah, yeah. We could get into that, but that was, you can just right. look at the Unsolved so, Mysteries episode about that if you want on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> it's on there. So uh, back in two thousand three, when you first came here, what was one of the major reasons for picking Korea and coming to Korea. Google ads. Google ads. Oh yeah, you just clicked on it? I was going through a pretty hard time. I had a my parents just split up. Yeah. And my mom was having a hard time and I stayed home with her for six months after university, just kinda like staying with her. She was dealing with what she was going with. Me too. And me and her were actually working at the same like department store. She got me a job there. So she <laughs> So I was a cashier there, and she was a cashier. I did the same thing with my mom, except it was a hospital. Yeah, and it was legit. I liked it. Yeah. It was fun. Or whatever. Uh, it's called a drugstore, Shoppers, Shoppers Drugstore, drug which I don't know what the equivalent in the States would be, like a C, CBS. CVS. CVS, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we were both, both working there, and uh, it got to the point where I was just, you know, went home, and I was looking at my uniform self in the mirror, and I was just got on the Internet, and I was like, Let's see what's going on here. And I got to do something else. A Google ad popped up, and it was like, "Do you want adventure?" Yep. And I was like, "Fuck!" Yes. Right now, yeah. So I clicked <laughs> it, and it just ended up going. I can't remember what site, but some Korean recruiter site or something. It might even been Davesy's site. I don't know, but it pretty much went direct. And there was I sent them, and then it went laid out the job or whatever and the money and. I just sent them a resume, and they got back. Same story that you guys have told on the podcast for. They literally got back to you super quick. You got a call, and then it was instantly, are you going to come? And it was like, well, fuck. I don't like, know, maybe. I guess, yeah, sure, you know? okay. But the strange thing was is that me and my best friend from university were going to come because I called him. I was like, man, you got to check this out. <laughs> like, they're literally, there's a job here. It's decent money. And he got on it, and we were both supposed to come to Korea, and everything was lined up. And he bailed last minute, so I had to make, like, a last minute, like, oh, am I going to go alone or am I just going to bail? It's all choice. And then I just went, I'll, I'll do it, screw it, I'll go. And this is, pre, this is the pre-background um, check and the pre, you know, get your degree and everything sorted out and send it in, apostille, whatever. When he bailed? No, when you came, when you came the first no, time. No, when, when I, I think came, they had it, they I, had I, it in no, 2003. When I came, yeah, 2003. It Mid started two thousand eight. Why don't they, you uh, have a degree? I had to send my degree, criminal background I check. I don't think my. I didn't have to serious. do any of that. I was actually living in Japan. I didn't have any access to that. I just got a job and then came here. Really? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. No, so, I had to do something with the degree. Uh huh. But I don't know if it was. Uh, I didn't have to do the whole send it and get it notarized and apostled and all no, that. It yeah, was just send yeah. him a photocopy of it. Yeah. And then, police check. I don't think. No, not was until two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, and transcripts I don't think were into it either. So it was basically just resume and a photocopier degree. Because mm. I do remember at that time there was a few people floating around Changwon who had 
a like fake degree. Fake degree. You know I mean? Yeah, and, and, I knew and some of those the next guys couple are, years they got cooked. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. Yeah, well, I, you could you could buy those down in Bangkok on yeah. Kosan Road. Yeah, right. Yes. You know what I mean, crazy. It is. I think they've they've, they've dealt with that now, though. They're asking so, for transcripts and everything, right? So wait. So Bruce, you came in working in public school when. No, I was just going to quickly ask, so you weren't looking to come to Asia, you weren't looking to come to Korea, you're just looking to get off the rock and... For me, it was just like, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on at home, and this thing popped up, and I basically didn't really even think anything was going to come of it when I did it, and it happened so fast that I kind of, it was all like just instinctual and gut i was like yeah yeah gotta yeah. do it meant to be yeah it just what i didn't have enough time to think about it because they contacted me so quick and after the interview they were like do you want it or not and, and then when a, i was like yeah they're like all right we'll fly over next week it's basically. a fucking great deal too because you they, was they send you hey do you want a job yeah do you want a ticket of course yeah i will give you a ticket and a job and a place to stay yeah. and a salary and the interview is, I think it was UD who mentioned it for the interview. Was, interview is basically just like competence. Are you competent? Are you? Can you speak English? Yeah. Or do you have intellect? You know? Yeah. Can you? And so the the interview obviously failed on that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I had to sweeten it up there a little, love you. Yeah? was a little bit British. <laughs> That's the worst British accent I've ever heard. <laughs> so when you first got to Korea. You ended up in Changwon. Yeah. So I'm sure that's similar circumstances. You had nothing. You knew nothing about Changwon. It was just the, where the recruiter picked, right? Yeah, it was zero. I didn't really have any choice. So when you start working here, you worked in a Hagwon or a public school? I worked in a Hagwon. I worked at ECC, which I think was one of like the biggest franchises. So I think I was pretty lucky in that. So sense. you worked in a private yeah. school, right? Mm. Or an school, academy? Yeah. Or was it yeah. was it a, a nine to fiver or was it a one to niner or something like that? It was that? pretty decent. It was an ECC. It was only it was on the lower end of the scale back then. So no, what like, time? What was time? Your time yeah, was Monday, not... Wednesday, Friday, one to eight thirty, yeah. and then Tuesday and Thursday, two thirty to four thirty. But we were getting one point seven million okay. at the time and I think the standard at that time was around one nine for a regular. Yeah. We had ninety hours right. a month. And I think the standard was one hundred to one twenty or something. Ninety like hours that, right? a month. That's like yeah. that's like twenty what is that, twenty three hours a freaking yeah it's week. low man and we didn't have no prep time because classes didn't start till two so we had we had to be in an hour there before every day and do prep from one just basically photocopier time because we had four, five, six foreign teachers there plus the koreans and so. that's one thing i remember when you started here you guys were sharing apartments with other teachers yeah yeah well, which was good though my first year i actually really liked sharing an apartment with a random teacher because well well it was interesting, but it was cool because you weren't just on your own alone. Yeah. And I, I hate being alone. That's why I've <laughs> yeah, slept right. on Paul's couch so much over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So you were living with, uh, from what I remember, an Irish guy named Martin. Martin it? Keon. Yeah. Martin Keon. The legend himself. Yeah, right. But those other guys living nearby too, right? Yeah, we were all in the same kind of apartment complex. So that's pretty sweet, like yeah. a little communal feel, you know? Yeah. Like I was working with one guy, and but, you know, to start with before my friend James came in, it wasn't as good a, a communal feel. Whereas if you're working with a big group, I guess you can go out and you can easily meet people. That's that's the good thing about that. You like, felt really comfortable right off the bat because yeah. you had four or five people who were all new or had a little experience that you could literally 
slide in with right off the bat and they could show you the rope. So that was awesome. I think. So you first came here, worked at a hogwan, and after a year, what did you do after your first year? Did you stay here or go home? After the first year, I remember halfway through my first year, I uh, phoned home to one of my best buddies, Luke Hillier, Paul just mentioned a little bit ago, and I was like, dude, you got to get to Korea. This place is insane. Mm. You get paid good money. Everything's paid for, and, you know, it's awesome. He's like, well, i got three months left on my degree. And so we finished that, and he came over. So I ended up staying for a year and three months. And during that time, I met Paul and a bunch of other people anyway. But uh, me, Paul, and Luke, and another guy from back home planned a backpacking trip after basically our first year, year and a quarter. Mm. And we went backpacking after that for four months. And that's when it segued into Paul coming to Newfoundland at the end of that trip, which was amazing. You know? What a trip. Southeast Asian backpacking trip, which oh, was yeah. awesome. So yeah, you, that would have been nuts. It was, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was awesome <laughs> in so many ways. Best place? Where do you guys go? Best place? <sighs> Paul, best place? Uh, scenery? Lao. No, I, all around. All Every, around, difficult. Everything. All around's a tough one. That's man. a tough one, man. Okay, best party place? Best party place? You can't beat Thailand. Thailand. Um, yeah. But uh, best experience of the whole trip if I was like to say man this is just blowing my mind how crazy yeah. it is was and you can't do it anymore yeah. was uh, going to Laos and Vang Vien and doing tubing down the river oh I heard about and, this and then you just oh pull the bars pull you in yeah there's throw just out bars, a rope, throw like, out a rope and then you, you pull you in and yeah then, you climb up the ladder and, what an do it and then you swing off into the river it yeah. was obviously yeah. ridiculous uh, they don't do that anymore <laughs> well me and Kate went there Kate and I yeah um, who's the love of my life that I met here yeah. a couple of years ago? Um, we went. To t- we took a trip when we left uh, the last time, Same which was two and a half years ago. Well, mm-hmm. we went to Southeast Asia, and I was like, "You got to come see Laos." She'd never been there, and I actually wanted to show her this tubing trip. And we went there and talked to a few people, and they're like, man, tubing trip ain't the same, man. Government shut it down. They shut down all the little, like, uh, bamboo uh, bars. I think it was on the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all shut. You could still go tubing. Yeah. But it just wasn't the same. <laughs> so there was and you know what? It's probably like, yeah, there was. There was a lot of people who were like. Probably drank a lot and then drowned or something. Drink, drinking and among That's other things. And it just gets out of hand. And I think uh, the government shut it down properly. But, mm. but Laos different. Laos not so much into the commercial mm. expansion. So they kind of just shut it down. Yeah, I mean, that anyway. Southeast Asia is all changing, right? It is. Uh, great. Right now, I mean, look at Thailand. Look at Thailand. Yeah. Some problems. Problems right now. Right. Big the last couple of days, two two bomb two blasts. Bombs, yeah. It went off. And I, I lived in Thailand for about five months. Um, and when I was there, it was total backpacking heaven. And, I mean, this actually, it's good and it's bad. I mean, it's obviously bad because it makes everything in chaos and people die and everything like that. And it's a fucking terrible thing. Um, it also kind of like brings it back down to the prehistoric backpacking age because no tourist backpacker is going to go to this place anymore and say, I'm going to go there and have a good time because they're going to be afraid for their lives. You know, Anybody that wants to go to Thailand is going to go there and go, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, avoid Bangkok. I'm going to avoid Bangkok. Or at least if you're there, try and take it easy and not go so crazy and be safe. It's yeah. definitely a PR nightmare for tourism. For right. Thailand. So right now. Just like Indonesia and Bali that time, remember? Right. In Bali, the whole tourist scene kind of killed it. But only the real backpackers are still going to those places, you know. But that's got to have a massive problem. It's got to affect the economy so much. Like, mm. isn't the main 
you know, yeah. income for the, the ties, the tourist trade. Well, yeah, there's, yeah. Mainly. Ma- you know I mean, that's a big thing. It's a big thing, but was, when I was in Thailand, I was talking to one of the divers and I asked about that. And he yeah. was like, man, you know what? Tourism isn't even that, like, huge in Thailand. Like, they're big things. That, and that's why their currency doesn't really ever change. It's just like, mm-hmm. man, their rubber and their exports is what oh, they get rice, the most money they, at. And that's why, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So tourism's like... Like a small percentage, yeah. but a decent percentage. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that just having foreigners there just gives everybody such a good feeling. And everybody learns English from in and around there. And everybody gets exposed to, to international people and makes friends and whatever. So, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sad right now that what's going on in Thailand. But And right. I, I've never been to Cambodia or Laos or those places. But right. uh, I'm pretty much can assume that, you know, yeah. that is... What's, yeah, right. what's, what's it makes you wonder like if Korea actually upgraded their tourism system because these countries that have high tourism especially Southeast Asia and that mm-hmm. people there can speak English almost just basically from osmosis of, of just being, being tourists around there right, Korea's right. tourist industry is actually pretty non-existent Mellow. you know what yeah. I mean? you know so you Changwon want, sorry, just sorry to interrupt. Changwon. I was going to say Changwon has a, an actual uh, tourism bus Really? Yeah, that takes you around and shows you the sights of Changwon. No way. Yeah, I've never seen this. Yeah, before. it does. So, so do you do you have any information about it? Or I only heard about it. I'm, oh, the, la- I'm the last stop on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> you know you old man fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the oldest foreign teacher in Korea. <laughs> anyway, bring your Viagra so and rubbers. Made of wood. <laughs> so, Brucey, you've obviously been traveling all over Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. but uh, you came back. You came back to Korea, yeah. And uh, what's the main reason for you coming this back time? this time? Yeah, yeah. this time. I- Th- this time I came back. Um, like right now, it's because I was in Thailand doing. Uh, I went there specifically to do a three month Muay Thai kickboxing camp. I guess you could say, or three months of Muay Thai kickboxing in Thailand. Yeah. And uh, in the first month there, I developed a staph infection, and it, it was brutal. Yeah. And heartbreaking and I was so close to Korea I was like you know what I'll just uh, instead of hanging out in this guest house by myself watching Star Wars I'll just uh, <laughs> fly over to Korea so at least I can give some of my buddies you know? watch Star Wars yeah. in Paul's house yeah exactly <laughs> yeah let's do you it know? so you're Bruce you're in the MMA like uh, Paul and D here yeah I love MMA I love all martial arts I love all I love all sports and fighting arts okay so um I think we're going to take a break here, but the question before we break is uh, why and when did you get into... Let's go. Let's just do... When When was your first martial art? When was your first martial art? Okay. Anyway, we got to take a quick break, so we're going to be right back after this. We've got to take our traditional league break and shit like that. So we'll be right back and we'll find out why Bruce got into MMA and training. We'll be right back after this. Want to know what's going on in Changwon City? Check out the new website, The Changwinner. You can find reviews to anything related to Changwon City, stories from people living in Changwon City, and what the weekend holds for the area. Post your own reviews, stories, and events, as well as add to our forum. The Changwinner is also home for Changwon's first and only podcast. Hosted by Scott, D, and Paul. Find out everything there is to know about living the life in Changwon now. Visit www.changwoner.com today. You'll see why life here just got more interesting. 
It's the oldest foreigner bar in Changwon. The International Pub has been around for more than 25 years. Whether you're living in or just visiting Changwon City, you've got to make your way over to the IP for a visit. Full of history and home to the famous Juicy Pussy Drink. The IP has got everything you're looking for in a great night out. The International Pub in Changwon City. It's Scott, D, and Paul with what's going on in Changwon, the Changwoner Podcast. Welcome back to the Changwoner Podcast. Before we get into what, what and why Bruce got into MMA, we're going to do what's coming up this coming week in Changwon. Bang! It's your local events list for Changwon City. Get your ass out the chair and we'll see you there. Bang! So coming up at O'Brien's, we have always Taco Tuesday, which is actually tonight, which we had some tacos, and it was great. And at Next Bar, they have a new kitchen. But Austin's going away for a while, so the actual Next Bar won't be open until September. When they have the open mic there, which will be in September and other shit like that. Is that at the end of September, yeah? Uh, sometime in September. He's go- okay. he's going away on holidays, and whenever he gets back, they'll get back into that with a new menu. So we'll bring you the new menu, and you know, in a month or so. And they also have the deli meats, which will you know he prepares them tomorrow on Wednesdays or Thursdays, so you can put your orders in any time tomorrow or Thursday, and pick them up Thursday night or any time after that. And they just had their celebrity chef, which was last Sunday, which was very successful and delicious. They sold out everything, right? Yeah, yeah they sold I think everything. 40, 40 plates. That's yeah. a lot. The bartender said it was a crazy, crazy busy night. It was awesome. So if you want to get involved with a celebrity chef, just get in, in touch with Austin. And if you want to make, you make the menu, you make the price, you keep all the profits. That's pretty cool. So, D, what's going on at IPs? IPs right now, they're doing a pretty big renovation job. I just saw a picture of their outside mural. It's underneath the window by the elevator. It looks fucking amazing. And the inside's going to be taken all, uh, taken all out and redone. It's, it's looking pretty great as it is uh, so far. And they've got the bars, both of them, back together, which is amazing. And the old, the old door... The door that you can get right off the elevator and walk right into the IP from there. Yeah, that's back. Darkness. They took, they told that that whole wall down and they put that back. That's and you know, wicked. it's it's not their fault that they did all that. It was a whole lease thing. There's two different stuff. leases with the with both of the bars. There's both sides, so there's two different leases, and the landlords were all doing a whole bunch of crazy shit. So Boom. they're just they're getting back to the the way it used to be. They had to go kind of commando for a while, and then they're they're getting back to it. And of course, they've got the Biltong, which is in right now, and it is a hundred grams for a ten thousand won, South African style jerky. It's beef jerky. Usually, South Africans do a different kind. They do any kind of game meat or something like that. But the 
can't find any freaking kudu here <laughs> or any gazelles. So <laughs> Surprise. So it's just beef jerky going on right there, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's getting more and more popular. I'm quite, yeah, quite liking it. Word on the street says they're going to get the beer pong and everything back in there too. Beer pong is coming back in. Oh, they're going to get the beer pong, out. the same corner that used to have. They're going to oh. get that be- that done and, uh, and everything like that. Is Pill going to be bartending? Uh, who? Pill. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know, he's a DJ there. Is he? Yeah, yeah he right. fucking rocks it, man. He's a, he's That's the only guy I know that actually can look at the, the audience and see what's going on and, and pick songs that actually work for the audience instead he's of the just evolver. putting yeah. on a playlist and just walking away. <laughs> and what's going on at uh, BK House? The BK House. All right, this weekend we've got the live art. Now, live art is from 1 p.m., both on Saturday and Sunday, and you can actually watch amazing artists Liam and Rose 1pm to close I don't mean that to rhyme <laughs> but it rhymes anyway they're going to be painting murals outside of BK House on the walls it's going to be fucking awesome to be honest with you and we've got drink specials all days right? and they're from Creative Korea Creative Korea which is actually run by Harry and Cody and they're going to be doing it all day 1pm to close Wicked uh, alcohol drinks, wicked food specials. It's going to be fucking awesome. All right. And that Monster Bar, a lot of people might not know this place. It just reopens. But on Saturday, August 29th, they're having a kind of a coupon night where you pay 10,000 won for a coupon. You can get three tequila shots, three cloud draft beers, or five snack menus off the food, like the food menu. It's a wild deal. So if you can, you have to buy those uh, coupons beforehand. So anytime now, just pop in Monster Bar and get your coupon and have a drink while you're there. And last but not least, Biscacci is going to have open mic on Saturday, the 22nd. Starts 11 p.m., goes all the way to 3 a.m. So you can bring your guitar, you can bring your bongo drums, you can bring your fucking... Cajon. That's a box, baby. That's a box. Your juice harp, whatever. (laughs) It's going to be great deals on drinks and everything. Um, Come on, bring your voices or bring your shit voices, whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's go down and have a good party. Boom. All right, so before we went to break, Bruce, we start talking about a little bit about MMA. So we asked you, how did you get into MMA and why did you start training? Yeah, actually, the you're first still, question the first question is, what was your first martial art? Let's put it. My first martial let's art. Let's go back to the beginning. My first martial art was back when I was probably seven or eight. My parents put me in karate, and I was in karate for a couple of years. And between karate and swimming lessons and everything else, I kind of filtered more into swimming and got out of karate. I liked it, but I got out of karate and then... Uh, I always had a punching bag in the basement growing up. Dad always made sure there was a punching bag there in the basement and stuff. Yeah. Is that your brother? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. My brother. <laughs> Just strung him up by his ears. <laughs> so there's always a punching bag, and then I got more involved in swimming, and then eventually hockey, as any Canadian kid would get into. Uh, and then in high school, I got into judo and Japanese jiu-jitsu. And I did that for a while, and I did a few judo tournaments. And then I went to university and played soccer in university and didn't really do martial arts at all for those four years. And then 
and then I came to Korea, and that's when I really started getting into it big time. So the first one you did when you came back to Korea, what was that? Which was the one? First one I did when I came back to Korea would have been what they call Gyoktugi, which in Korea basically just means fighting, mm. you know. And uh, that was at an awesome gym in Changwon, which a couple of you guys go to now, called KPW. Yeah, KPW. Which is kick, punch, wrestle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started going there, and and reluctantly, you know, I was scared as hell, as, you know, to go there because. You know, it's like you can't speak anything. Yeah. yeah. But now uh, you've you said you went to Thailand to train there as well. I've been to Thailand a few times. Yeah. Uh, so when you were in K- KPW, how long? How many? How long were you there? Like, KPW was probably I started doing that after a, my first year in Korea. When I came back for the second trip to Korea is when mm-hmm. I first got involved in it, and I started doing it in the morning at a KPW with a judo instructor, like a fourth degree judo black belt. And it was just me and him in the mornings, which yeah. was really cool because it was pretty much one-on-one yeah. for almost a year, just me and him. Wow. And that's while I was working at a hagwon. Yeah. And I had the mornings off and I didn't have the evenings off. Yeah. And then... Uh, switched over to public school. Yeah, I switched to public school. So then I had my evenings off and I got to actually go to the classes and, and my first master actually left. Mm-hmm. So they didn't do mornings anymore anyway. So I switched to the evening classes and uh, then I got more involved with the striking and kickboxing and and, and that and that stuff. So just to jump back quick, not to jump out of MMA, but you just said you worked at a public school. Mm-hmm. What was the difference between working in a public school and a private school or a hogwan as we call them? Oh, yeah. Pu- well... Hagwon, it was more, it was really small classes and to be blatantly honest, a lot more or a lot less responsibility, you know, you kind of were on your own basically for the majority of the Hagwons I worked in. I can't speak for all of them, but the ones that I've worked in throughout the almost decade, decade I've been here have been, you know, pretty much you're on your own to do what you want, minus the books and curriculum. And the public school was a lot more, you got to follow the system, you know, you got to prepare your lessons, you got to be an actual teacher. And the biggest difference was uh, the working hours, you know. You worked, well, the same working hours almost you worked, but you had to be at the school the whole time. Teaching you had a lot of prep though. time. Teaching hours. Yeah, but also, and also a great thing about working at the public school was is that when you weren't teaching regular classes, the public school put on uh, extra classes for you, which you got paid overtime for. Oh, that's so cool. So you pretty much, you you make more money at a public school, so. Mm. Which, what do you prefer? I mean. Hagwon or public school? If I was to do another contract here, I would probably pick public school just based on the pay. And I, I like I like getting up early and going to class, and I like finishing early in the day. I don't like the Hagwon schedule of one to nine or two to nine or two to eight. I like the going in the morning and finishing the yeah the afternoon. And if the public school didn't have the extra classes in the afternoon, because a lot of times. Some schools don't. You just got to sit there and there's really nothing to do. That's cool. It's awesome if you want to do a master's degree or because then you ba- basically got three hours at work every day that you can do your master's degree while you're at school if you're doing distance ed or something. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, um, which a lot of people do. Right. But other than that, I mean, I, I just I like I like the nine to five in that sense that I get my evenings off and I'm up on a regular schedule. Mm. I actually worked with Bruce for one year. Yeah. Was it a year? Yeah. It's a year, yeah. Yeah. I worked with Bruce in a hogwan for a year. In a kindergarten. 
Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I, you talk kindergarten. I don't think I did, but you were around though. I was around, yeah. But I was with that school for a long time, so it was a uh, different circumstances for me. But just not to jump subjects again, but going back to MMA, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a weird question. Yeah. Actually, this is for everybody here, because you're all in the MMA and you're all teachers. Do you find any similarities between teaching and learning MMA? Like hmm. you're all a teacher, but you all go to, tr- you know, to train, and you're being taught by other people. Hmm. Do you pick anything up? I'm not trying to throw anybody I off think, here, uh, but I think learning from a Korean who can't speak English, which was, I think we can all relate to having a Korean sensei or master who speaks very little or no English Mm. and you trying to pick up the the little things about it I can kind of relate to how kids or company class adults or young learners can be like and you get frustrated as a teacher sometimes you're like man why can't you get this do you not understand what I'm saying right and then you're learning martial arts from a Korean who can't speak English and you can see them get frustrated sometimes that and you're like man I'm and the, trying, imagine, and the master's yeah. like, oh. The difference is the MMA master can punch you in the head exactly. when he's frustrated. But the, but the difference, and that's a funny thing, because the difference is is they're, sh- they're not only talking to you, but they're showing you with their bodies, like right. their movements and everything. So imagine how frustrating it must be for the kids. Because obviously, you're not teaching English. Like you're not teaching <laughs> conversational English mm-hmm. so much with your body. Yeah. You know, so it must be really difficult. And, and we, we forget about that sometimes. Think, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's a good way to put things into perspective. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, anyway. the, the best way to put it in perspective is to sit down and try to learn Korean like kids try to learn English from right. us. Is to sit down with a Korean and just try to communicate in Korean without really knowing what's going on for a straight hour. And as an adult, you finish that hour and you're exhausted. So would you, any of you, would you say language is the the most difficult thing in terms of learning MMA? Like, Bruce, you've you've studied MMA in a few different countries, right? Canada, Canada, uh, US, US, Thailand, Korea. Korea. Is the language barrier the biggest difficulty or... Well, when I when I the the country that I went to after here uh, was Thailand, and I did some private there. And the Thais are pretty good with English, but they're not like perfect. You know, what I mean, they got a pretty good grasp on the, the technique teaching. But when I went back home as and uh, did boxing in America, having an instructor that could really tell you what you're doing wrong and the the little things and really, really break everything down was a huge difference. And I think it also helped that I, I learned mm-hmm. in Korea and I had like such a high tolerance for listening and really trying to pay attention that when I got back to America and I was uh, with my boxing coaches, they, they were telling me what I'm doing and I'm really listening, but they're really breaking it down. And man, the, the, the ability to advance and level up in that scenario, I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but I felt like the, the ability I had to level up in that scenario compared to the learning curve in Korea where you're actually trying to learn the skill and dissect the language and interpret the coach's body body language and, and everything and, and also being a class full of mostly Koreans. So um, 
which makes it a little, bit, the question was, a little bit uh, more difficult to, you know, you got to push yourself a little bit more in a class like in Korea because it's you got to, it's more self-training, I think, uh, at times because since you can't understand what's going on, people are off chatting and they're doing their own thing and stuff. You're kind of left by yourself and, and that's cool. You know, that's fine. You, you, you just have to motivate yourself to do that. In, in my opinion, in my experience, I've trained in Japan, I've trained in Korea, and I've trained in America. And I think in Asia, there's not as much ego as there is back home in America. Meaning, if you're in a class with a bunch of guys, it just depends on where you are, I guess, with which, whatever class you're doing. A lot of people in America, they want to see who the alpha male is in, in the class. And they want to, they wanna, you know test to see if you're going to be the alpha male and they want to take your head off or whatever. But here in Korea, um, there's more, there's more people that want to just make sure you're comfortable and you're learning and they want to help you. Like tonight I was doing jujitsu and the guy I was rolling with, he's 25,000 times better than me. Um, and you know, he's letting me get the, the headlocks and he's letting me get the chokes and stuff like that. He's letting me practice the skill without trying to demolish me because that's that's because i'm you know I, I he knows that i'm not going to learn anything unless he's the practice dummy right. and we're in america that it generally is, doesn't go that way you're gonna you're gonna go with a guy and they're just gonna try to you know here's how you do it and they just fucking grab your destroy neck and you, destroy yeah. you and they're like yeah learn from that practice ego that. on ego yeah and it, it doesn't it, it it's it's harder to train for me, it's harder to train in America because mm, yeah, I don't want to take anybody's head off. I want everybody to learn from everybody. And here, it just seems it works a lot better that way. There are people more humble. Do you think that Koreans are more humble in amongst themselves or just towards foreigners in that sort of situation? Uh, both, I think. In both. I think both. You know, I, I, I look at, um, you know, people who, you know, spar with each other here. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're going to go hard... You go hard. If you're going to go light, you're going to go light. It's like a mutual agreement. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, and and uh, you usually know. the older guy sets the pace, right? That's what that's what I've experienced here. The, the, oh, the more experienced the, guys. The more I'd say the, the more experienced yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. more yeah. experienced guy. Where, whereas in America, you go with a you go with a, a lighter belt, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say. Like in MMA, if you go with a guy with less experience, that's the guy that's going to want to take your head off more. And whereas in here in Korea, a guy who's doesn't have much experience, he's going to go with the flow, you know, and they're going to realize that if you've been there for a while, they're going to hold back and want to let you teach them and, and want to learn from you instead of, you know, trying to say, well, I've done karate before and, you know, we're doing jujitsu now, so I'm just going to try to rip your head off when we're yeah. doing it, you know? Right. So I have an interesting question for each of you, but just before I jump into that, how do you think MMA is growing in popularity in Korea? Like with UFC and stuff like that, it's always on TV here. Like you can't turn on the TV without UFC being on one channel. Yeah. So have you seen the growing of like you have, you know UFC or MMA? Well, I th I think that that goes along with Korean fighters because I yeah. think Korean fighters have a shit ton of heart they've got a lot more heart than a lot of the fighters out there 
Um, and I think a lot of these guys are doesn't matter if they're getting beat by somebody they're going to go in and they're going to try to they're going to they're going to go until they can't go anymore and i think that just goes with with the korean culture wasn't it bruce like last year dong hyung kim got the knockout of the year with a spinning elbow yeah it was in a match in singapore i think right or yeah. was it singapore i think it was singapore he got a spinning elbow which was the knockout of the year and you know just people like that building the uh koreans um popularity of the sport mm-hmm. here because any Korean is going to love the fact that in UFC a Korean got the knockout of the year I mean that's pretty pretty amazing and All there's the, also the Korean zombie yeah there's Korean been a zombie. couple breakthrough guys from Korea who got picked up by the UFC I think from the from when I first started here and when I first got here and watching it on TV and then getting involved in it <clears throat> the biggest change I've seen is that a lot of traditional martial artists in Korea, it's a tradition, traditional place just like China and Japan, you know, they, they really take pride in their traditional martial arts in Korea, especially Taekwondo and Judo. Taekwondo and, is obviously you know, big here, yeah. Um, but in the last five years, you're really seeing a lot of uh, traditional martial artists accept that... There's another way to do it. There's another way to do it, and it's actually really useful to pick up a couple skills from this this martial art. And that's why I loved Gyaktugi in the beginning. Gyaktugi, which was the art that was taught at KPW and, and pretty much all over the place, was because it took Taekwondo Muay Thai back in the day and said, hey, you guys are having Taekwondo tournaments, you guys are having Muay Thai tournaments and kickboxing tournaments, why don't we put this together and see how you guys do against each other? So they almost did their kind of like... MMA style then and once they put them together and have them fighting each other then some schools started opening up and teaching Muay Thai but not so much the stand up slow labored pace and not the bouncy Taekwondo with just kicks they combined them both and then they added some judo and they added some ground game submissions and then when you added in Hapkido and and, and a bunch of other martial arts that Korea teaches they've got a really complete MMA fighting system that isn't called MMA it's just called Gyoktugi and that's what it's called all over Korea right it's just fighting and Koreans are fighters, man. Yeah, Most they, of the guys that go to the gym are ex-special forces. They're guys who've come out of the Korean military and are tough, hard dudes who right. who, who who really just need that fucking adrenaline rush again, you know? Yeah, right. but they're the nicest guys. And they're too, the nicest they're, guys in the world. The nicest they're guys. The best. And I think that, that says a lot because I don't think I've ever met a, a real true martial artist. I consider both of you guys true martial artists. I don't think I've ever met a true martial artist that I cannot That's relate to. That's not including to. me. Yeah, (laughs) you're the the Venusian artist. (laughs) I've never met a martial artist that I can't relate to, and it's not a nice guy. I've never met a dickhead martial artist because you've struggled, and we've heard everyone on any type of like uh, kind of podcast. You've went through something now, and you've been humbled, man. You can't go to a gym anywhere in the world without getting humbled. You know, any proper one. I mean, you can go to some of the McDojos, but if you go to a real one, you're going to get humbled. That kind of brings me up. I have a quick question for each of you mm. in a couple minutes or three minutes or less. All of you have been part of kickboxing. Or, yeah. Yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want you each to explain to me about your first fight in Korea quickly. Is this like professional or amateur, or but one being, being thrown into a ring, probably, I'm, I'm assuming it was against a Korean 
Mine your wasn't. opponent. Mine your, was a, your mine, out of your guys. So mine, start French, with, right? why, why don't we? Let, no. Let's start with you then. Mine's probably the most boring because I've I've only had one fight here in Korea. It was an amateur kickboxing match, and I fucking hated it. I hated it because I hated cutting weight. I had to lose almost twenty pounds to get down to the weight that I needed to. Uh, the the stress getting going into the fight was enormous because to me I just wanted to see if I get in the ring and you know I've trained all my life. And I spar and I think like that, but to actually actually go 100% with some guy in the ring, I just wanted to see if I wanted to do it. And I went in there, I actually fought a French guy. And as soon as I walked in the ring, um, I thought to myself, I'm just going to pretend that this is the guy that wants to rape my wife. And, 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 and that's, how, that's how I played. I don't remember anything <laughs> about the match, really. I remember, uh, I remember getting punched in the face once and kicking him once and like throwing a huge punch and like landing on my ass because I missed him. Um, and that's pretty much all I remember. How real did it feel though? Uh, real, how real did it feel? Like the exhaustion. Of the, the exhaustion. The Jesus. Uh, I, I felt like, um, like my, I couldn't, I couldn't pick up my legs and at very, very, and there were only 90 second rounds, three ninety second rounds. And by the end of it, cause it, it's, it's just, it's just full chaos. And did it go to it? Is- like a it decision? did. It went to decision. Yeah. yeah. And what was the the, the, the final outcome? Uh, the final outcome. I won the match, but yeah, but uh, so your wife didn't get raped. No, she, but <laughs> at the end, of, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if you can go like uh, it was a decision. Uh, yeah, they just the guy decided that he wasn't going to rape my wife. But uh, I think you won that. I watched <laughs> no, that. I, I watched you that not. you did win that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah but mean, the mental, the, the the just the mental, it just fucking exhausted me, and. and it's, it's, I, it's, I would go. I would actually try. I would try jujitsu. I would try a jujitsu match. Um, but the kickboxing part. Oh man. Me and Paul prepared you pretty hard for that. Too, you guys you did. You guys remember, did. Man. We you, pushed you to the limit. But it doesn't matter it when doesn't you get matter. in there. It doesn't matter. Your no. first yeah. amateur fight. Yeah. You cannot prepare for the exhaustion Everything. and no. just the just the adrenaline dump of your first uh, amateur match, and that's yeah, something right. a lot of people don't know. Like you can push it to the limit in training, but when you get yeah. in there for your first amateur, it's yeah. totally yeah. a different. Speaking ball. of that, Paul. Paul's first fight was in Seoul, correct? Yeah, correct. Which, uh, you know, I know the story. We all know the story, maybe. But Paul can light us in <laughs> until he he became part of the main event. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that happened, actually. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the gym, and I haven't been there for for that long. And I'm pretty shitty and out of shape. A little frumpy. Actually, I'm, I'm like that as now. A, I don't know what as happened. As opposed to now, yeah. But, um, you know, the, the master came up, and he said, oh, Paul do you want to have a fight? And I said, well, all right, why not? I'll give it a go. Then he said, it's up in Seoul. And I said, all right, sweet. Is it amateur? And he sort of like kind of shied away. And I thought, well, all right, whatever. It's obviously going to be an amateur fight. I've never fought before. And I went up there and he said, uh, "On <laughs> it was weird, on the bus on the way there, he said, oh yeah, it's only one round. It's only one round. And I thought, well, I, I can do that. Three minutes in the ring, I can do it. And uh, the rest of the fighters are in the van. And to put it in perspective, they're trying to cut weight to make weight. So every service stop, they're getting out and they're going into the bathroom trying to make themselves throw up oh, to get all, you know any extra fluid out of their the bodies. Right, The That's wrong way. Absolutely Ridiculous. Wrong. Everything was wrong about that trip. But we got there, strolled into the gym, and it was just a regular health club. And I thought, ah, oh, this is no big deal. There's a, there's a ring in the corner. It'll be something little, you know. And it was like a big room, but there was a gym, uh, sorry, a ring in the corner. And we weighed in, and I was way overweight, but nobody seemed to care because I was a stand-in, apparently. 
and I'd seen the banners with this foreign guy who looked sort of ripped, an American fella. And I went to Home Plus, which is a supermarket, and he was in Home Plus, this guy. And he came up and he said, oh, you're Paul. And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, you're standing in for me. I'm, uh, I think it's Matt. It's Matt. And I said, oh, yeah. He says, so how many fights have you had? And I said, none. And he said, what? And I said, none. He says, but, but this is the co-main event. I said, what are you talking about? It's one round of an amateur fight. And he said, no, it's the co-main event. And I was like, all right. He's obviously got himself, you know, in a muddle. He's confused. He, he didn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, shit. Anyway, we went back to the gym. This is not like six, five hours later. The whole place had been converted into some sort of little mini arena. There was a red carpet out there. There was a curtain at the back. There was mini fireworks next to the curtains. And I'm like, what the fucking hell is going on here? We went back. We warmed up. Got, you know. Vaseline down and all that stuff, you know, all the what they do, warm you up and all that kind of thing. And then the, the events went on and people were like, oh, good luck, good luck in your event. And I was waiting and waiting. And then eventually, you know, this you're up, you know. And prior to this, we had to do like a, a practice walk out on the red carpet and like, you know, get into the ring. and Which is weird. And do sort of some sort of weird sort <laughs> of ring entry celebration, which I've obviously never done before because I've never had a fight, <laughs> for fuck's sakes. So, all right. so I just went with it and the guy standing next to me and he's got his hood, like Rocky style, like silky thing. robe. This is the guy you're going to fight. The guy. And he's mm. the, lo- obviously, you know, he's the local favorite. Uh, it was up near Seoul somewhere. Korean and I'm thinking, dude. oh my God. Yeah, he's a Korean dude. Oh my God. And then we got out there and I just thought, you know what, what are you going to do? It was the co-main event, the lights were on and everything. And I just thought, whatever. So the, the mouthpiece goes in and, and the master of our gym in what he usually says, or what he did say was, Paul, crazy murder, crazy murder, <laughs> which just means you've got to go out there swinging limbs. You know, so I went out there swinging limbs, which the pro guy... You rocked him first. The, well, the pro guy, obviously, as you know, we know now after experience... You don't just go out there, you know, fists blazing. You, you, you go kinda, out for a feel out You mode. move around a bit, you know, you get your distance and you try things out. But I just went out there fist blazing like a lunatic. It was a, a brawl from my end. Yeah. And he was thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Here? And you rocked, rocked him. Surprised yeah, I rocked, rocked, him. Rocked, him. rocked him. I did. I rocked him once and he thought, holy shit. And then, obviously, like, things had got a bit messy. And This three-minute round. This is the first three-minute yeah. round. Mm-hmm. And I finished the first three-minute round and I am gasped yeah <laughs> like gasped beyond all belief and nobody would understand this no sport no i don't know some no, sports no, but i don't think do you so. think so i don't, I don't think so, think so. Any, I don't th- I no think sport other than some kind of fighting maybe sprinting or sprinting yeah. can make you understand how tired you can be after three minutes yeah. maybe mma mm well that's more than sick. kickboxing mma yeah, more than yeah. kickboxing because maybe you're on the ground there's no escape. swimming sprint M- swimming or something like that mma for sure because there's no escape you yeah. cannot get away from it it's a continuous where yeah with kickboxing at least you get that break where they're like you know bust you up for a second and you can like get one breath in the right? other sports you're not getting punched in the face oh or my God. someone trying to hurt you either that's another yeah you're not getting attack. you're not going to try to get concussed yeah. and nothing can like we've I'm sure a lot of people have had fights, but nothing can can can, can prepare you for that huge blow right in the face and, metal. and that tang the bell ring. Yeah, yeah. you go anyway, black. You go black for a minute. And- so just to cut it short, we came out in the second round. Obviously, his corner turned around to him, and he was way more well trained. And he said, "Hey, when he does this, do this." So he just kneed me right in the face, 
and then it opened up a little cut, nothing crazy above my eye, and then they just stopped the fight. I think and they I was actually that early too. I was really quite happy inside <laughs> about that because I was the dog. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> so I mean, obviously, uh, you didn't you didn't quit or get knocked out by your own accord. I tried. I tried my best yeah, not to get knocked. Nah, yeah, but so, so, so I would consider that a win. And good on you for like get, they, getting in there and like not even knowing what you're going to get in there. And honestly, even if when they, you did know what was going to go on, you still got in there. And that's and it was that's yeah, balls, it, man. That's it, big, it, it, big it, fucking it, brass balls. It's, it's a life game changer because I was in the bus on the way back with this huge smile on my face for like five hours straight, just thinking, my God, I've done something completely. I didn't think I could do that. Yeah. And I was like, Getting I've, I've in done is something. winning. Getting yeah. you know in, I mean? period, is yeah. winning. And yeah. in Thailand, that's the kind of philosophy is that when you have a match, it ain't about winning. It's just about you had the balls to get in there and yeah. do it. And as long as you put your heart into it and have a good fight, you win. There's no losers. That's There's so, a record. There's a minus one, plus mm. one. But So, Bruce, let's mm. talk a little bit about your, let's say, first match in Korea. I don't know. I know one match that I watch personally yeah which was against another foreigner that wasn't the first first it one. wasn't your first yeah. but i'll let you pick which one you want to talk about <clears throat> well so let's talk about your first one i'll talk about my second one is the, this the first one was relatively simple it was an mma fight amateur mma fight was i there Google. you weren't there for the first one. okay is this so, one against the gym owner no so the first one was just anyways that was a Simple Korean fight in Korea's got a really awesome amateur system from MMA, so you don't get paired up against like usually against people who have uh, higher higher records. They might have a higher skill set in grappling or kickboxing, but they don't have a better record. So my first fight was just a draw, and it was relatively even and good. And second fight I went into uh, the guy I had to have a match with second amateur MMA fight was. Uh, was one of the kickboxing instructors in Goje Island. Yeah. And I didn't know that, but every time I've went to one of these events where there's tons of fighters coming in place, and I don't know if you guys can relate to it or not, but I've walked into the gym, and it might be totally because I'm probably one of the only foreigners fighting there. Yeah. Uh, when I walk into the gym, somehow I catch the eye of someone in that gym, and that's who I end up fighting. You know yeah, I mean? that's exactly like, happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. weird, isn't it? It's almost like this. it's this weird... visceral like you just kind of look around the room and suddenly you meet eyes and it's like you know you're fighting each other without it ever being announced to you yeah so anyway there was this guy and you were at this one paul i think and i was yeah he was a really good striker and at this point i was only doing grappling i was a good grappler and my striking was relatively garbage and uh i went in with a man he lit me up didn't he paul he yeah. lit me up. Like, we went in, and he literally lit me up. And I like had headgear on. It was a flurry at First the very one, start. Yeah, amateur one headgear. He lit me up with, like, probably six, seven punch flurry. And then I kind of got, my like, my headgear twisted, and I got my I got my bearings again. They lit me up again, and I was like, oh, like, same thing. Paul was saying, Pang! and then that metal taste Mom. in your mouth, and you're like, oh. And this is, like, minus sparring. This is pretty much the first time, minus a street fight at home, that you get into these one of these things where it's competitive, but it actually feels like a lot more. Mm. And he lit me up, lit me up, probably, what, like, four combos, probably, of, like, yeah, like, right in the face right. like that only <laughs> spot that only spot in the head guard where your face is yeah. he hit it like 27 <laughs> times but I didn't know but my bell was wrong so anyway yeah. got a hold of him eventually and judo threw him got on top of him mm-hmm. uh, 
grapple for a little bit, threw him in a wicked triangle, choked you, it up all. Yeah, you, you were and right then, in the ropes, so that we were went into the We were in, uh, we sorry, had, Yeah, we, we had leg gear on. Yeah, leg gear Yeah. And we went into the ropes and, uh, you had him. The you, refs should have kind of moved it back into the yeah. middle, but I was like actually hanging out of the ropes. I'm not going to blame it on anything, but anyways, he did good and he kind of defended it and got out of it. And then I got up and then as it went on, uh, same type of thing, I kind of yeah. just gassed out and we went to a decision and he won because yeah. he lit me up. And as the amateur rules goes, it doesn't go on like anything but flurries kind of. It's kind of like, oh, it's, uh, so it's, it's like, more right. aggressive. Yeah, you do like, if you do a nice wicked flurry, boom, you get like a you per, points. You yeah. get points. Yeah. Anyway, so after the match, my face was fucking destroyed. Man. It was like knacked. It was not. Uh, and I went and sat down next to the master of KPW, original master now, who runs that bodyguard uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. company, which is yeah. awesome. So I went and sat next to him on the floor and I just looked at him and I just said, sorry. And I fucking almost started crying for no other reason, man, because you're like, Emotional. you put your balls into yeah. it and you know that he's there. He's got a job yeah. and he's coming in extra hours and putting you on the treadmill, it's a trying fucking, to push you and you're quitting sometimes and you're like, he's pushing you beyond your limit and you sit down next to him, man. And I like, tears came on and I almost cried. And I was just in Korean. I was like, man, I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. And he was like, fuck, it's all good in Korean. Yeah, right? like, he's like, and John L, and John L. just hugged there, me in that there. And I was just yeah. like, fuck, this is, you know, this is legit. Yeah, right. This is legit character building. Yeah. Know, like, like either yeah. way, after I leave this, I feel a little more comfortable with my lot. Yeah. Because yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've got out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, a huge growth thing. Anyone yeah, who's not into martial arts and who has never experienced it, I'd fucking definitely recommend it. And that's with any competitive sport, but martial arts, especially because it pushes you really beyond your limit if you get competitive. Yeah, I mean, even that, though, you don't need to get into the ring. You can still get in there and train, and mm. it would push you beyond what you mm-hmm. normally... Just you're the no- training. Right, exactly. Mm. You don't need to go and get lit up. And mm. like Dee said, you can do grappling tournaments. Yeah. You can do other things yeah. that aren't so much... Exactly. Yeah. It kind of, it's bringing me into my next two questions, actually. I want to talk a little bit about a fight you had with a next guest, possibly, with Mike Valley. Oh, yeah. But you'll both be on the show, so I think it'll be better if you both talk about that Let's together that on that the one. show. Yeah, that would be... But my next question was going to be, what's the worst injury that you had, whether it be training or fighting? You mean just in Korea? In, in Korea. What's worst, the worst injury that you had during a fight or in training? Oh. But before we get into that, I've got to take a piss. <laughs> Me too, actually. So, uh, I got to get another beer. <laughs> and I got to get, get, get a drink. So when we come back, I'll re-ask that question again, and we'll get the answers from the three MMA stars that are sitting in front of me. We'll be right back after this. Okay. O'Brien's Irish Bar in Changwon City, South Korea. The original and only Irish pub in the Changwon area. Great food, drinks, atmosphere, music, and people. Nightly specials on both food and drinks. Craft beer on tap and over 12 different craft beers in the fridge. Also check out our mini mart at OB's for great deals on things that you may miss from back home, including our all-new deli meat. Follow us on Facebook, or better yet, come on down and check us out for yourself. O'Brien's Irish Bar, located in downtown Changwon, across from the International Hotel. Come on down and have yourself a pint. (laughs) 
Looking for a great night out? Then come on down to BK House. Great music, great food, and great drink specials. It's always a fun time, and there's always a great crowd. We're open late and serve food until closing time. Outdoor patios, darts, and so much more. This is our house, BK House, located in downtown Changwon. Follow us on Facebook at BK House Bar. We're back with Scott, D, and Paul. All right, we're back. And before we went to the break, I asked what was the worst injuries these fuckers have gotten. Don't break at me. But before we get into that, we're going to get into some birthdays and shoutouts. So let's get into it. It's time for your birthday wishes, shoutouts, and announcements on the Changwater Podcast. So Scott, whose birthday is coming up? Don't brick bat me, man. Don't what does what? that don't even mean? Brick bat me. Brick bat. Brick bat. That means an unkind remark towards me. Dick. You don't brick bat me, dude. I do that all the time. Don't send me your brick bats. What else does it mean? What's another meaning? Uh, what the other ones? Oh uh, shit! Uh, a, a, a piece of broken brick, <laughs> especially one that you could use as a missile. Oh damn! Or uh, any rock-like missile, mountain. brick bat. Yeah. So. Watch your brick bats, dude. Yeah. Fuck. I break bricks, but with a bat. I don't, I don't know about brick bat. <laughs> <laughs> so whose birthday is coming up this coming week? All right. Well, first off the bat, we might as well go for who is actually the first birthday, and that is today. 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 Now, because this isn't live, or oh, is it live? It's. It's we, not really. We're live. not live. It's, it's not alive. Live. Live! We're it's, not live. It's live for us, but right now, today, Adam Maxwell Kent, <coughs> a.k.a. Chucky. Chucky. He's turning 31 years old, the ripe old age of 31. Eh? Yeah, on the yeah, 19th. What it means to be a youngster, eh? Yeah. Hey, I've I remember got, those I've days. I've got tattoos older than him. <laughs> 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 now, Adam's... A, I, I, I'm going to say it. He's a legend. <laughs> it's my favorite word. He's First a legend. Time he uses it tonight. So it it is. I'm trying to scale back the legends. <laughs> um, and I didn't see him tonight. No, no. Because, no. no, no. Because we're doing a podcast. So who, who, who else's birthday is it? Uh, well, uh, my good buddy, uh, Paul, Kiwi Paul, his uh, his wife, Laura, is turning um, an undisclosed age today. Nice. Paul Ford's Paul wife. Ford's wife, Laura, she's going to be something older, one year older today. Smart. So, uh, I don't know how, how old, I think she's like 23. She's one year closer to death. <laughs> Which yeah. we all are. Happy birthday yeah. to you. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm going to shout. I'm going to say I got two two people in in other countries here. My my best mate Toshi, his wife Hazuki, she is turning a year older on the 21st. And a guy out in Rising Sun, Maryland, in America, Daryl John Boyle. He's on the 22nd. Going to be a year older. Man, you and Americans this, got some names. I know. Just. Well, I got a shout out to him. He actually, I told him I was coming home to America. Never met the guy. I've only known him on uh, on the internet. Been been following me. He's been following him okay. for uh, about ten years. What? Yeah, That's when before we, the back, guys are back when we used to bl- when we used to blog Pens and stuff out. like that. We used to we used to comment on each other's blogs, and we just kind of kept in touch. We used to call it pen pals. We, this is blogging. This is this is pen. We don't even use a pen. We use a keyboard. Yeah, it's we're e- keyboard pals. So what do you guys? What did you guys first start talking about? Uh, we wrote blogs and commenting each other's on each other's blogs and. Yeah, but like, what was you guys' first subject that you got in common? That we had in common. 
I can't even talk about it in this podcast. Cool. But um, it, it, but I can tell you about the second one. It was hiking. Second one's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Hiking, because he's a big, he likes the Appalachian Trail in America. Fishing. Nice. So we got any other shout-outs or anything to do? How about Ian? Ian with the cheesecakes. Oh, yeah. Henry. <laughs> Ian with the cheesecakes. I thought he said Ian wants the cheesecake. <laughs> That's a wicked business name. I get into a lot of things, but I like cheesecakes, and I'm down with Ian, so. Mm. Oh, Ian's good. Yeah, he's, he's, got the, he's, he's got cool the wicked. Did yeah. you say you go down on Ian, what? Uh, th- Come two on or now. three times a week. Let's keep this clean and tidy. Now, Ian, Ian, Ian bakes the wicked cheesecakes, doesn't he? Mm. He's got, what has he got? He's got all sorts of flavors, but his, his go-to ones, we've got strawberry, raspberry, lemon, and Oreo. And speaking of birthday shout-outs, if you need a birthday cake, just get in touch, touch with Ian or get in touch with us. We'll hook you up with him, yeah, and he'll make you a birthday cheesecake. Stick some candles in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely jovely. So before we went to break, I asked, uh, actually, I asked all of you, what's the worst injury that you had in either a fight or in training in Korea? Uh, blew my knee out in Hapkido. Blew your knee out? Yeah, I tore the meniscus, uh, had knee surgery, was on crutches for about six weeks before I found a doctor that was actually capable of diagnosing what the problem was. And um, yeah, crutches for six weeks, and uh, then I had surgery and was in the hospital for three or four days. Paul? That really sucks. Mm, it did. Now but, he's got so your me. worst injury was what? Getting sucked? Just cried. <laughs> I missed pride. that. I was uh, looking at something. Injuries to pride. Physical injuries, not that bad as D's. That, that is a crazy injury, by the way. If you blow your knee out like that, it's going to mm. be really difficult. If to, I had to, to guess, to yours back. would be pride being broken. Two broken toes in training mm. and several stitch needy cuts. Mm. Not too bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bruce? My worst injury is still reoccurring today, oh, that and that's one. my dislocated shoulder, which I got grappling, and it just keeps. <coughs> I won't get surgery, man. It's popped out about. Oh man, I've lost count. I think it's at least fifty to a hundred times. Do but you do the- surprisingly, I have zero pain with it at all, and it's only yeah. certain movements that it ends up popping out. So. I just deal with it. Do you do the Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon where you're just like, (sighs) no, just kind of wiggle it and kind of just like roll it and roll it and roll it and it just slips back in. Put on a straight jacket and try to get out and you dislocate your shoulder to get out. Didn't that happen once in my memory where your your shoulder came out and Buddy at the gym somehow managed to try to put it back in? Well, yeah, the first time it came out at the gym was uh, I was rolling for an arm bar from the rear naked position i tucked my arm on and i grabbed his leg and the guy I was grappling kicked his leg and just threw it off at a weird angle and combination of probably overtraining dehydration and then just it just popped out and then this they're like oh we got it and i, I ha- i've had popped my other shoulder out many times playing soccer and uh ice hockey and that shoulder was now fine it was rehabbed and then um one of the instructors is there, like, oh, we got a guy, he'll come. And this old Korean dude came in, like, sat me down, like, and I was sitting down with, like, my arms around my legs. And he put his hands around my body and just, like, squeezed me together. And all I heard was, like, crunch, crunch, crunch. And I was, like, ah. And I turned green and didn't pop back in. <laughs> and uh, felt sick, went over to the garbage can, was, like, urgent, threw up. And then 
uh, one of the guys that used to be here, Sergio's here, and he brought me to the hospital, and then the doctor did the old classic, like put the foot in the armpit and really oh yeah reset it and then the doctor checked the x-rays and he was like oh you need surgery tonight and i was like man i don't think so so i went and got a second opinion went home that night went to another doctor and he did like proper x-ray on it and the doctor was like oh no because i had a piece of my collarbone broke off which was broke off from an old hockey injury and he was like no that was broke from before he's like you don't need surgery or whatever Mm. but to this day, it still dislocates every once in a while. Is it your left or your right? This, uh, this one's my right one now, right? My left one used to dislocate, oh. and I just took a huge break and just like rehab it, and that one doesn't come out no more. But mm. my right one comes out every once in a while now. Mm. So that probably leads on to, you know, when you've been in these situations, you've gone in a hospital with some kind of injury like that. Do you think there's, would you be afraid of going to see a doctor here? Or do you think that the medical medical care here in Korea is, is, is the same back home or even better? I'm a little bit uh, reluctant reluctant to Weary. go to um, some doctors here because if I go to one and he gives me uh, like a, a freak out emotional, like, like you said, you got to get a surgery now, you got to get a surgery now, that's when I'm going to go see another guy. Yeah, because um, yeah, I think you need to go and have a couple different opinions here. Regular with- bull, fine, but big stuff, get a couple opinions. Yeah, like- you, you almost don't expect a doctor to react like. But that. you say you say regular bull, it's not a big deal. I've been to the doctor not for any kind of fighting injuries. I've been to the doctor the first time I went to the doctor in Korea. Uh, I don't remember what it was. I think I had like a ho- hoping cough or something. And I got diagnosed with uh, tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> and it scared the fucking shit out of me. I was like, all right. What does that mean? I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But I just had a hoping cough or uh, something. Uh. And another time I had vertigo. Like uh, I I think I was drinking too much actually at the time, so uh, I was passing out. Not passing out. I was walking and falling over. (laughs) That's just being drunk, Scott. No, no. This was on on drunk time. So like I'd be walking to work and I I just couldn't see straight. So I went to the doctor and doctor was like, "Uh, "You have a lot of stress in your life," and I was like, "No, not really. You know, I keep my life pretty simple." Not that stressful. It's like, do you drink soju? It's like, uh, not really. It's like, I think you should drink soju a little more. Seriously? Yeah. That, oh that was the doctor's opinion. I should drink soju. Well, medicated yeah. soju. Imagine that. Just I go to the pharmacy. To, uh, Give me a prescription of soju, please. To, mm. you know, <laughs> debunk my depression and all that shit. Mm. Whatever his, his methods, I did, well, I didn't do it. I drink soju and I'm fucked up the next day. Like I literally headaches and just can't do it. I don't drink anything but beer, and l- most of you guys know that. I just try to stick to beer, and that's it. I don't do shots. I've never seen do. you do a shot. Uh, you might yeah, yeah. you might have, but I just very rarely ever do. I've never seen you I unless I beer. saw you when I was blacked out drunk i've never seen you do but a shot do you think people who come here are afraid of doctors um or i just think like, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid of hospitals one, one after another, but... So am I. I nobody likes going to the doctor. No, but especially if you find a doctor that's not, that doesn't speak any English or a hospital... I mean, if you, the best hospital I think to go to here in Changwon is a Fatima Hospital. I was going to say the same, yeah. Fatima, Fatima. Hospital, they're good because it's a Christian hospital, and a lot of the Christians there they speak really good English. Is it? Yeah, it's a Christian hospital. I'm not going there again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. Well, they made one of my buddies. Oh, you haven't no, seen I'm, any of the, the, I'm, I'm a Christian. The nuns running around it's there. Proof right here, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the uh, um, yeah. So I think that that's the best hospital to go to. They have the best. I mean, if I ever have a problem, I go there first. That's and where I go for my uh, annual health check to get a job here. Yeah, I actually get a good pass there because um, one of my students' fathers is a, a surgeon. Yeah. So he just fits me in, and I think we covered this in the we in, did in, we in did yeah this podcast yeah. I get lucky there. They're like, oh, Paul, just I mean, in you go, son. There you yeah, go. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree. I mean, but, yeah. I've had a, I've had students, and I'm not trying to knock career or anything on this level, but I've had students that I've taught, and they said their dad's a doctor, but he just bought his degree. Pretty much. Welcome I mean, the real world. Like, maybe. Uh, yeah. all, basically, right. family doctors, not mm. hospital doctors. Mm. Like GPs. Mm. In oh, England, we call them GPs. GPs, right. Mm. So you go in, all they're doing is, this is what's wrong with me, Google. Yeah, nothing against all the doctors. Check it on there, Google, this yeah. is what you need. GPs are doctors who have rich parents or who have taken on massive student debt and just have finished school. Well, you know, it's funny. Like the first year I worked here, um, I was teaching uh, and I had a student whose mom had a, a um, who was married to a doctor. And she was explaining to me how in Korea they have the three-key system. Do you know the three-key system? No. No? In Korea... A doctor will generally get paired up with a rich woman. And the rich woman buys the house key. She buys the car keys. And she buys the hospital keys. So the doctor gets married to the rich woman. woman rich woman funds the hospital for him to work at. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's like sense. a perfect relationship. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like if you're a well, fisherman mm. and you marry a woman who happens to have a, a huge fish. fishing boat. Yeah. And she's got the keys to that fishing boat. And yeah. you're like, this is fucking perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Or she's a mermaid. <laughs> I know. Scott. Scott. I know the three key system, but it's a little different in my world. Oh, shit. What is it? Uh, the girl takes your keys. Uh-huh. And... Just things don't work out. I'm not going to go into it. I think you're talking about the keys. Have you got the three <laughs> rings? The wedding <laughs> ring, the engagement ring, and, and the, the suffer ring. Listen, hey, just to get back on topic with your story about tuberculosis, I had an absolute nightmare here at the Still doctor. Are, yeah? Oh my god, I went to. Uh, you know how you always get those sketched out points? Well, I do. I might be super paranoid, but you look at your body like, and you find these spots on it, and you're like, what is this? Yeah. Do you ever do that? Sure. Yeah, so I was in the shower, and I was kind of like washing myself down, and not to get too into it, but I felt an area that there's two things in. Yeah. And I felt and around, like, and I was like... I did that, too. I feels did that, like, too. And doctors tell you, actually, I'm okay, you know what? Yeah. I felt 
my scrotum and my testicles, and I felt like around because uh, like doctors tell you to do it, and I uh, felt around, see yeah, if there's right. any lumps or whatever. Uh, like that's legit to say on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And I felt around, and I felt like a rice-sized nobule, nobule, Being there, done that. nobule, and I was yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Instantly, right. straight to the doctor. Sure. So got out of the shower, drawed, went straight to the doctor, and I was like, doctor, man, I felt something on my, uh, obviously it's in broken English to Korean who has broken mm. English. Mm. I'm broken Korean. And I was like, there's something on my like testicle. Can you please feel it? Just a second? Yeah. I'm going to check mine right now. <laughs> no, don't check it here. It's got to be in the shower after hot Scott, water. Scott, put your dick back in it's your pants, be, man. It's got to be, be after fuck, a hot water. It's got to be after a hot Jesus, shower. I didn't want to see so, that. And, and you could also fake it. Because we're Dude. not live. Yeah. Can you Jesus. turn the air off for a second? And I'll uh, <laughs> so, check it in two minutes. So I went straight to the doctor. And uh, I was like, can you please check this? And he felt it or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I think it's testicular cancer. <laughs> and I was like... And there was no like joke. It wasn't like, ha ha, doc. It was like, yeah, I think it's testic- testicular cancer. And I was just like, are you serious? And uh, he was like, yeah, so... Um, I said it was like I don't know what you want to do. He's like, you go home and it, come back in a week, and if it gets bigger, then we'll know more. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I went on home and then that kept every day in the shower, like checking it, and like and it was literally I, a piece of rice stuck to your balls. No, no, I don't know if it got bigger. And but anyways, I went back to the doctor. He felt it again, and he was like, yeah, I think it's testicular cancer. So would you like us to remove one? And I was like, what? Come again. Oh, yeah. He was like, do you want me to remove one of your testicles? Not him himself, but like this is the next option because. No extra treatment. No. No like, test. No in, nothing. And I was Investigation. Super, no, no, yeah, nothing. It was just like felt it. And he was like, I think it's testicular cancer. So I think you might have to remove one or whatever. I was like, I was like, anyway, I, I was super sketched, sweating like crazy then at that point. So I left and went home. I was like sweating. I was freaking. I was like, oh, my God, man, I fucking got testicular cancer. And uh, I called Chris Shanley at the time, and I was like, bro, man, I got testicular cancer, the doctor said. And he's like, what? And he's like, I was like, but man, I think I should see someone else. And he was like, well, Jen and Sheldon teach privates to some nurses at uh, the hospital down in the OB's area. What's that hospital? Mm. Changwon Hospital? Changwon Hospital. Mm, yeah. yeah, so they're like, they teach some private lessons to some nurses so they can probably get you in there and see a proper doctor. I was like, yeah, well, ASAP, please. So they got me in to see this doctor and uh, had to go in for an ultrasound on my testicles. So this is the actually first. This is a proper one. The this first. is a proper thing. So we sat down with the doctor and I was like, man, I've been to this other doctor and he says I probably got testicular cancer. Um, so the doctor felt it and he was like, well, let's do an ultrasound, see what's up. So they brought me in this room and there's this like, young dude. He's probably like 27 Korean dude and foreigner here with hair like this. So I laid down on the bed and like pulled my pants down and he got that like cold thing out and that gel squirted on my testicles. Did the hospital have those red and blue and white like uh, spitting poles outside? No, no, it's a real hospital. So so I got uh, I I lid down on the bed and the young guy was there and there was actually a female nurse in there and I was like, dude, can you please ask her to leave? This is before I took my pants so off. So you like, asked the girl to leave, but not the guy. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's, like it's, it's one of those things, and I'm the same. I've, you know I've been in that situation. I'm like, uh, can, can, the, yeah. can the young man I was like, can you, can you here, ask her to please leave? Because yeah. you know what? I think she felt just as uncomfortable as I did. So <laughs> sure. like, can you please ask her to leave? I know you can't leave. And so anyways, <laughs> he, he put the gel on there and kind of like looked away and rubbed it around. And 
went back to the doctor and doctor's like oh there's something there but i don't think it's like we'll, we'll have to do like uh we'll do some blood tests or whatever so they took my blood and everything like that and then it was like two weeks. He was like, "Come back in two weeks or whatever, or we'll call you." I can't remember how exactly it went down. And I, You're and I dude, I was so sketched out. I was freaking, like, yeah. I, I was basically doing the same thing with staph infection. I planned out my life without a leg. Mm. This one, I was like, planned out my life without a testicle. And now I had to explain. <laughs> how it. did that go? Well, in my mind, it went brutally. <laughs> yeah, because sure. it was two weeks yeah, of torture. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I went back to him, and he was like, he was like, anyway, good news. It's it's like, I don't know the techno uh, the medical word. Benign, benign. It is a benign cyst of some sort, or it was something that wasn't a big deal. And he's like, if it ever gets bigger, come back. But it shouldn't be a problem. Mm. I was just so it wasn't a tumor. It was just a cyst. I gave him a hug. I was like, thank you so much. Yeah, well, I was like, thank you so much, and gave him a hug, and I just bailed. And I was just like, man, you know what? I am at minimum getting a second opinion with every single oh, doctor yeah. I go to here. Yeah. And not only here, back home too, man, because doctors mm. back home are just as brutal. Yeah. I was telling someone uh, tonight, we were talking about it, and I got like five buddies who I went to university with who were total waste cases. Total waste cases. Like drunks, out of control. And they were the guys you looked at and were like, whoa. And now they're all doctors, anesthesiologists, surgeons, and I'm like... Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. that what it takes? Not it takes everything just, is how it seems. Yeah. So right. the illusion of the expert is mm-hmm. something I learned yeah. Yeah. early mm-hmm. now. And yeah. you don't trust anybody, but you trust good people and recommendations. Right. And, right. You know, word of mouth. But just don't trust people because they got a degree. Or yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Losing your balls is not as bad as yeah, tuberculosis. So that, well, we do it to dogs all the time. And <laughs> I feel very bad. <laughs> So how's your tuberculosis I, 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 I feel now? a lot better. How's your tuberculosis now? Is it all cleared uh, up? Yeah, I think it's a lot worse yeah. than when I first got declared with it, or whatever the fuck you call it. But <laughs> if you if you're comparing the healthcare here, in all fairness, from what you guys have experienced, yeah, if you're comparing the healthcare here to back home, you know what are what are the major differences? Way the major differences. What do you think about the cost Convenient, of healthcare? Easy, cheaper, um, more available. Uh, you know, that can go on and on. Like, More often than not, skilled. That's because you're American. Well, well yeah, America's maybe. got the best health system, man, to be quite honest. Expensive. It's expensive, not, but not, it's the best. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, uh, that's why everybody in the world goes to America to get the best health care. Uh, they've got, they've the best. got yeah, that, that's why They've got the best doctors, maybe. It's expensive, but they've got the best health care. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's fair. No, they've got the best doctors. Best doctors. Yeah. They, they don't have the best health care. Right? No. no. Do you not the, think so? No. My mom's so, so a nurse. What, what's the difference there? The, 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 you've, you've got the best doctors, but you don't have the best health care. Health care is, compa- is like you, 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 you factor everybody into the health care system. You factor mm-hmm. the nurses, the doctors, the pharmacists, the um, administrative staff, the the fucking Just general the, the general the general organization of the whole thing, of the whole thing. and uh, um, the, they do have the best doctors problem with you guys being in America is mm. you guys are the tip of the spear you guys are literally leading the charge in healthcare yeah. globally so you kind of need but they also don't but you don't have the best socialist healthcare but they also no, it, you don't if you really have bronchitis they don't tell you you got tuberculosis and if you got something cut in your poop, big hair, they don't yeah. say you they got testicle cancer. But I mean, you go to you go to um, an overnight at a. Let's say you go to um, the emergency room. They're going to charge you fifty four dollars for an aspirin. Yeah, it's too expensive. They're going to the the nurses may or may not be kind to you. 
and you're going to get hit by a bunch of paperwork and they're going to ask to please explain it and the administrator. I'm not saying everywhere. I'm just saying this, this is just like a common occurrence um, that, you know, uh, you go and you ask for some advice on paperwork and people are just going to say, take a number, sit down, and six hours later they're going to get to you and they're just going to give you some answer and say, go to the website and look it up and you can fucking deal with it yourself. You know, it's... The de- they have the best. They have the most skilled doctors. I wouldn't yeah. even say they have the best doctors. Skilled the and highest paid. Doctors are the. You take about their skill, but you also take their bedside manner. You take about their um, their willingness to to go the extra mile right. for you. You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of factors in there. I, I'd say Korea. I have much better. I have, you know, a few chronic health problems and I have an easier time getting myself taken care of here than I would back home in America. So, you know, let, let's talk about the cost for a second, right? Like what I was saying here, what's the difference? I mean, I'm on NHS in the UK. Mm. So for me, it costs next to nothing, if not nothing at all. But the wait anything. time is gigantic. Well, for example, for anything serious. just very quickly, I got a broken nose. It wasn't my fault. Mm. As it Probably hasn't say. for a lot for you, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got a big old nose, but uh, I got a broken nose. I went to casualty. It was it was middle of the night, and I sat there for six and a half hours with a broken nose, and it was yeah. all over the place with a towel on my head. Mm. You just sneezed. Is that what happened? Jesus, and uh, <laughs> and it got fixed. And yeah. you know, I got seen by the doctor. He hated the fact that I was there, even mm. though it was nothing to do with me at all. I'd yeah. just been beaten up by some randoms on the street. Emergency is mm. a different story. Yeah, okay, emergency is okay. a whole yeah. different story. If okay, you want to get shoulder around, surgery, yeah, yeah. six months. That's true, and and I'm getting to that too because they had to operate on the nose a couple of weeks later. Mm. And it was literally a few weeks, but I was in and out. I was still drugged up when I left. I was I was still dizzy when I walked out to get a cab. Yeah. And that's the NHS, but it's cheap. It's well, it's free, pretty right. much. You know. So free, I, I had I had yeah. uh, knee surgery Pay here. A lot of tax. True. I had knee surgery here. I had to get an MRI. The MRI was not covered by insurance. Um, it was five hundred bucks. Um, not a big deal. To go and get knee surgery. I had to pay, I think it was, I had to pay for the co-payment a million won, thousand bucks, uh, to get the surgery done. I had to stay in the hospital. They wanted me to stay in the hospital for seven days. That's here? That's here in, okay. in Korea. They wanted me to stay in, in the hospital for seven days where this is an outpatient surgery in America where you go in, you get the surgery done, and you literally walk out that day on a new knee. Um I was just getting my meniscus just shredded like it was it was you know cut in half they just you know cut a little bit off and took it out um but I had to stay in the hospital for 7 days I I checked myself out after 3 or 4 days and I said I can't do it anymore Do you think was, there was a benefit in staying in No there's no benefit in staying Not they just want to just milk, insurance. milk insurance. the insurance. insurance they want to milk the insurance company for a little bit more money but I couldn't leave the first day. It wasn't outpatient surgery. They they do it here because in America they might. They, I think they put you under. They'll they'll give you anesthesia to go to sleep. Whereas here they give you a spinal. So the the bottom half of my body is is asleep for like six mm-hmm. hours, which is the worst thing in the world. Um, that was the worst thing about the surgery. Had I done this in America though, uh, not staying in the hospital for four days that I did staying in the hospital for only the day the surgery probably would have cost me for a copay 
six, seven, eight thousand dollars. Wow. And uh, probably would have charged the insurance company like twenty or some shit like that, something crazy. I think that what I like about Korea after living in Canada and spent some time in America and living in Korea is that uh, Korea seems to have the best of both worlds. It kind of lets the Koreans pay what they can, but also they don't charge too much. Like, even, I mean, if you don't have insurance here, you're not in that big of trouble if you get no. hurt. You know, like you're right. You know, everything, you, you, everything you gotta pay is, to pocket, but man, like it's here, not that big of a deal. Here's my experience with Korean healthcare: everything's cheap, but nurses, dental. Like I went to the dentist a few weeks ago, and it it kind of drives me nuts. All the nurses are pretty hot. Mm-hmm. That drives you nuts. It drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally in the nuts. Why? So I went. I, I went to the dentist, and I go to I go to the dentist like uh, once every fifteen years yeah. to get like scaling and cleaning. You're the dentist's so, worst nightmare. Yeah, my my teeth are stained and coffee, tobacco, whatever <laughs> wow. else, and I, I don't want a fucking hot girl looking mm-hmm. in my mouth. It's very intimate. It's more intimate to me, to me than going to other places. <laughs> so I, I lie down and I've got this really cute girl looking in my mouth you know she's leaning over things are you know leaning on my leaning on my chest not to mention chest but she's looking in my mouth and I'm like did I clip my nose hairs because literally she's looking right into your she's face she's as close you know as she mean? can possibly be yeah she's close as you can possibly be yeah. And they they give me a mirror. And one thing I hate about things in Korea, they put cameras everywhere. I've gone for like ear infections. They put a fucking camera in your ear, and it's right on the screen in front of you. <laughs> oh, it's right there. Yeah. I don't want to really? see what the I don't oh, want to see what the it. fuck is in my ear. I don't want to see the inside of my ear. Mm. I don't want to see the inside of my mouth. In, in, you're right though it's Inside right there like, I, I had a few ear so cams going on I, I, at, you know, at, oh, the yeah. de- at the dental place I get the one you know the one person working there that can speak a little bit of English she's kind of cute and she's you know talking you know where do you work what do you do and she's right in my mouth and my teeth are fucking horrible <laughs> well they look good tonight man they do man you but no nice and white. L- do you bleach uh, still sparkly, sparkly. No, I just went to the dentist a few weeks ago. Looks good. Give me yeah. 15 years and we'll see what you say. But she was just, in, you know, <laughs> right in there and there's blood all over the fucking oh. place. My gums are... Oh, gingivitis. I'm way beyond gingivitis. I'm, <laughs> I'm a gingivitis father, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so you just touch my fucking mouth, blood. Oh, yeah. As soon as the floss touches your gums. This is, you know, prior to going. And I just don't like it. I don't like being there. don't like a cute girl trying to chat with me and blood's yeah, all over the fucking place. I fucking hate when a cute girl tries to chat with me. Fuck. Yeah, but it's in all fairness, right though, Scotty, like, there's a like different, different circumstance, though. Like, there's blood all over the fucking place. And I'm thinking the whole time, you know, I'm gargling, Ooh. fucking, you know, the suction thing in your mouth. Oh, <laughs> 
I know, like, that's uncomfortable. It always, hey, it always sticks to your tongue, hey. too. Oh, dude, that's uncomfortable. Uh, I feel I'm like, like I'm going to hey. stop it. Yeah, I don't like that. Thing. What it's are you doing Saturday it. night? You know, what, what are you going to ask? Hey, what's your phone number? What about when the stick, you know, usually in Korea when you go to see a doctor, they, they'll take you aside at the end and the nurse takes you aside and for some reason you have to drop your pants at the back and they put what? a needle in your bum. What's going uh, on with that? Never it's had that. Usually in the never side had of that your dentist? It's, it's, it's like no, not the dentist. In the doctor, like every oh. now and again. <laughs> You're dropping <laughs> your pants, sticking shit in your ass. I'm going to the right weird. dentist. That's why. <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. the, the needle dentist. in the bomb is a bit much. The I had that a couple times in one day. I was like, you see, you're going to inject cold, me yeah. three times today. And yeah, I was like, I'm not getting this. Number. And that's interesting because back home, man, like that's a big difference. It's called sterilization. Nobody does that back home, but yet, no matter what, like I'll go the doctor oh doctor i've got a, a sore eye oh doctor my shoulder hurts and nine times out of ten you'll go in the back room afterwards i think and, it's and a, saline, a, a saline placebo right? not like in yet you, that's what like i in, think it is you know just just in the bump but it works yeah it do works you, do you, you ever you go there with a cold because some cute girl pull your pants down stick a needle in your i think i'd get over the thigh, cold if it was not me your sticking thigh, a needle in her bum why is it always in your <laughs> butt too it be like, right it's not your butt it's your waistline yeah, above yeah, your butt. Yeah. i don't get those it's got to be in, a, in a muscular part of your body so they inject you and i think it's just i think it's a saline placebo solution is what i think it have is. you guys ever been to the doctor and the doctor doesn't close the door yeah mm, yeah that's weird too that's yeah. weird. There's no like yeah. privacy. I get up and close sometimes. It. Right? That's that's it's, the problem. What I have with dentists it's so here, strange. it's all open. Yeah, imagine if you go to a doctor. Open. You go to a doctor. The doctor's op- the door's open, and he's just like, "Yeah, you've got gonorrhea." And like the whole waiting room sticks their head like where they can see through, and they're like, "What?" Yeah, and you're like, like, "Oh, thanks, doc. Yeah, hopefully that it. wouldn't be the case." Yeah. <laughs> have you have either either of you found any differences with the health checkup? You know, like when you start a new job here. Well, I, uh, has it changed since yes. the first time you did yeah. it? Yes, something's changed. We had a buddy Luke here, and he went to his famous Fatima hotel. Shit in the and, cup. Uh, yeah, they asked you him to poop in the cup, and he left. I've, I've been asked hotel or the hospital? Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> did you have the poop in the cup? Yeah. Poop in the cup? Well, they, they went and Luke for, did his health check, for, and they're like, for your job. Yeah, they brought in like a little shot glass. So, can you please poop in that and bring it back? Are you sure it wasn't like like uh, like a two girls in one cup kind no, of no, deal? No, it was a straight up, <laughs> just like, dude, there's a health check. It was <laughs> one teacher, one cup. But no offense, that happened. And, and he, he went and they said, we in this cup, and can you poop in that cup? And he just said, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and he left. And he yeah. left. And that's fair he enough. Went to a different yeah. hospital, and then he asked them about it, and they were like, you don't no. poop in a cup. Mm. The, the, the worst thing for me, my last health check that I had to do, everything was legit. It was at Han Maum, Pyongwon, Han Maum, Han Maum Hospital. But for me, they, I went into the little cubicle, and, and the woman tried to stick the little pads all over my chest. Mm. And that's the first time that that's happened. I guess What's they're that? doing. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's know a heart it monitor. Thing. It's a monitor, but because I had a hairy chest, they wouldn't stick. So she said, "Okay, well, we're going to have to, you know, shave the hair a little bit." And I said, "Well, okay, off you go. Get a razor." And she came back with a pair of nail scissors. Oh. And I just said, "Come on." So then she went back and she called two more nurses mm. and my girlfriend Gallant. Oh. So there was peppers. four chicks holding like pads all of my dirty hairy chest oh god <laughs> they were trying to get a reading here's this the, like <laughs> a, about a month two no three months ago i was in the bathroom and i just i just did this whole like wham my head into the door jam and i slipped my slipped my head right so i had to go for a couple of, of staples yeah how about this the doctors there were like three doctors that came to look at my head bloody all head 
all of them came check my head. None of them were fucking wearing gloves. Yes, yeah, that's crazy. That's a bit much. That's that's, that's out of hand. That's that's, that's, that's breaking protocol. Bit, that's a little bit third worldish, and, and, and uh, that's crazy yeah. for here because that's even in all fairness, third world or. Definitely wear right. rubber gloves. Ye- well, yeah. that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's right. Better, better point. <laughs> the weird thing rule. about the dental girl that I had, she'd be like, she wasn't wearing gloves, and she'd like scratch her nose oh. and then dig in my mouth. Shut up. I loved Shut it. <laughs> hey, listen, can I say uh, one thing? Just just on uh, Paul's chest hair situation, just because we're an Asian and this is hilarious, when, when uh, we went on that Shanghai trip, I think it was, it was either Shanghai or when we were in Tokyo, yeah. um, you guys weren't there and I went to take a swim in the pool and I had a shaved head at the time and I'm a hairy dude, obviously. You yeah. guys know I'm a hairy dude. Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah, hairy dude from fucking northeastern Canada where it's very cold. So anyways, I went for a swim to the pool and shaved head and buddy was like you gotta buy a swim cap and i was like buy a swim cap i was like i got a shaved head he's like you still gotta buy a swim cap and i was like you see my chest <laughs> <laughs> like i'm gonna put all this chest hair in the pool shouldn't i put like a rash guard on or something yeah right anyways he was like you gotta buy a swim cap i was like how much are these like 45 bucks what? <laughs> Holy shit. i was like <laughs> I'll just go get a shower. See how much is the <laughs> Leotard? Go back to the room. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. One so do you guys have any, like, doctors that speak English or anything like that that you would recommend in the Changwon area? Like, for, for me, man, to be honest. Like Fatima like, is pretty good, actually, I find. Mo- mostly, I've been to most hospitals. <laughs> I'm always hurt. And uh, mostly they speak some level of English. And, you know, the receptionists, they might struggle a little bit. But if you've got a little tiny bit of Korean, or even if you haven't got any at all, nine times out of ten in my experiences, you can always get sorted out. You always get sorted in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. it's all good, man. Doctors study. So they study English to And the hospitals here are super efficient. Koreans are hyper accommodating to foreigners. Very clean too, right? yeah. 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 So don't don't be afraid if you if you're sick or gotta go to the hospital you got an injury just just don't go to the guy go. Bruce Wendy <laughs> yeah just, just go to somebody but go to another guy after don't go to a sure. testicle doctor don't here. lose a testicle before you absolutely there need can to. be don't panic if you get a result because there are language barriers but. Yeah, you might not have tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. It helps. I mean, it helps if you go with a Korean here. The yeah. one, I mean, because somebody that you trust, help. because you you don't want to go to, you know, a doctor with your your you know your hagwon or your your school's you know co- you know coworker, and then you go there and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you just got gonorrhea, and then <laughs> they can explain this to your coworker and. You know, obviously, you don't, you don't want something like that. Yeah, right? that'll spread through the whole school. Yeah, you you, you want to go there with somebody maybe Literally. other than your coworkers, <laughs> I, other than I your school. It, I spread it through my school all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so there there are good doctors out there. Panama in the area is pretty good. You know, good if you doctors. get in doctor. And for me, the biggest change with the the whole health checkup, you just have to check out boxes and answer questions on a piece of paper. But now they have the doctor actually interview you. That makes more sense, doesn't it? 
Yeah, right. It does, but even like the guys who help the doctors, he, he asked like three questions, right? Sorry, what do you say, Paul? Like last time I went to the hospital, mm. actually it was pretty pathetic. I had an ingrown little toenail. Yeah, actually they're really painful. But I was thinking, oh my god, this is going to be tricky. And I went in, and, and the receptionists, obviously, I can speak Korean enough. And, but the the guys who were helping the doctors, I don't know what they would be called. Maybe it's a nurse. I don't yeah, guys can be nurses. A, it was a guy. In the first yeah. World. yeah, and he was cool, and he could speak fluent English, and the doctor can speak fluent English, and it makes it really cool. Even they actually speak Korean to, you to start off with, but mm. then if you know, then they'll break into some English. So. I yeah. think everybody's going to be comfortable if they need to get sorted out for anything. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Korea is a super easy place to live. Yeah, That's man. all I got to say. Yeah. Super yeah, easy. As soon as you get a little bit of Korean, it's so easy. And even yeah. if you don't know any, you'll still get by. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, to wrap things up, we got to take off here. So if you like the podcast, jump on the changwaner.com and, you know, leave your comments, share if you're on Apple, iTunes, rate us you know whatever feedback give us your birthdays give anything you know send us a message it's at the podcast at com. and before we go Bruce was on tonight he's actually gonna be t- possibly taking over for the next month or so somebody's Paul's, going home Paul's going on vacation going home he's not You're going, going on home. vacation going home. That's different. You go see mom and dad. That's I'm not going vacation. Going to see mommy and daddy. That's mm. that's that's a vacation, but that's it's, going it's home. a different kind of vacation. That's going home. That's a break from. Korea. But I'm going to a friend's wedding, and I'm going to London, and I'm going all over the place. With, Maybe your uh, own engagement with my girlfriend Galen, and uh, we're going to check some shit out, and you know we're going to eat some good food and drink some good drinks and uh, have a I'll kebab be, have I'll, a kebab I'll, I'll probably be back here in a month <laughs> have a kebab no. and a tikka masala yeah. oh yeah mm. there we go. actually what's the number actually, one name in London right now no, Muhammad boys that, that's an interesting thing the national dish I'm not sure right now but when I last checked curry. the national dish of, of England was it uh, curry chicken it tikka was a chicken tikka masala or a vindaloo I can't remember what it, it was, was. Oh, of course it was gosh. yeah yeah, we talked about the other day. The number one name now of a baby boy in England or in London is Muhammad. Muhammad. So there's nothing wrong with that. Not saying there's anything wrong with there it. There isn't. It's just time's change. I just say, that just says how many how many culturally times. diverse people are there exactly. are in. And London. England has the best curries in the world, from what I've heard. It's a lot better than Paul. Yeah, it's got um, a little more ring to it. <laughs> As a middle name, right? Not a first name. It's probably the best mm. name in the world. But as a middle name, I think that is actually Paul. the number one name in the world. What's the, that? The Paul? most no, Paul. no, no. Muhammad, Muhammad. Is, the, is the number Probably one. I wouldn't doubt it. Most <coughs> most children born are named Muhammad. Mm-hmm. More children than not. That would make sense. Anyway, I'm, I'm so gonna... Paul's going to be taking a break for about a month or so. Mm. We're going to miss him. Well, we're going to tag team here because when Paul comes back, then I'm D's out. I'm going to Brucey B. So I might be is, filling in for a little while. Oh, he's back in mm-hmm. for a few months. I'd say, you know, we're going to we keep it going anyway. Is, right? Yeah. You know, but it's all good. It's all good, yeah. So uh, let's all wish Paul a happy holidays. For big Thank cheers, guys. Man. Let's big do cheers. cheers out of here. Cheers, Paul. guys. Hey, miss you all. Have it. You're, you're, leaving, you're leaving tomorrow. This is Wednesday morning, so you're leaving Thursday. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, shit. I Have a good passion. time, buddy. <laughs> cheers, guys. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, All right. bring me back. Um, um, bring, I was going to say bring me back some curry, but I don't know if you can bring it, can you? Well, I can bring you back some, some Tetley tea and some 
biscuits. Oh, you know what? Bring me back some um, some damn good chocolate. Damn good chocolate, Terry. Damn milk. good chocolate okay. from my wife. Do you realize I can get bars of chocolate that, and I'm just demonstrating that they're about six, no, they're about 80 centimeters long mm-hmm. bars of chocolate that I can buy in the UK. We'll if you can fit that in your backpack. Cadbury's Dairy Milk. Is that a brown reference? Would mind one now. <laughs> Cadbury's Dairy Milk that is literally this big. Uh, All right, guys. Have a good holiday, and I hope everybody enjoyed listening tonight. So I can. Uh, on- Oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah. I was going to say, we we're, none of us are really slurring our words tonight, so... We're doing good. We're doing a lot better than last time. And... <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. I'm not a brickbat. You, no, you're not a brickbat, because a brickbat is an actual insult. I am a brickbat. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody, and uh, tune in next night, week everybody. for the next yeah. podcast. Thank you very much, Bruce, for oh, being on the podcast. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Mate. buddy. Love See you, you next week. See you next week. We'll probably have you on next week. Cheers, everybody. Good night, fuckers. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Tank Warner Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.